Welcome back to Roll for Enterprise. And this week, it's uh, just me, Zach, and Lilac. Uh, Mike sends his excuses. Picking up on the topic from last week when we spoke about career advice, it's easy sometimes when we talk about these things, when you talk about uh, career advice, we talk about CV formatting and job hunting tips and whatnot, to forget that we're doing it right now in 2021, which is not a typical time. Uh, several people have uh, put out variations of we're not working from home, we're working from home during a pandemic, or possibly my favorite, it's not that we're working at home, it's that we're sleeping at work. And I don't know about all of you listeners, but I think all of us hosts are starting to crack under the pressure. I'm certainly running out of spoons a little bit. Uh, if you're not familiar with spoon theory, I'll put a link to the Wikipedia article in the description. But basically, it's uh, something that uh, disability advocates in particular talk about. It, spoons are the units of energy that you have in the day. And at a certain point, you go to the drawer to get a spoon and just no spoons in the drawer. And that's where I'm at. It's getting very, very difficult to juggle everything that's going on without any external stimulus much. And it's something that I think we should talk about. It's worth saying these things explicitly. It's okay not to be okay, especially right now. Yeah, I, for one, am hitting that wall too. And uh, I talk to people, I think there are several, uh, several people that are in the same boat. Actually, it's probably a majority. And the issue is, how do we... Um, how do we address this? How do we address this burnout at work? You know, so as a dovetail of that career advice we were talking about that session, I think this is still the same. I have, I've talked to people that are, you know, they're rethinking careers. I don't know that that's the answer, but um, you know, how do we avoid this burnout and how do we kind of uh, separate work and life and, and really the balance. And that's, that's what I struggle with. I think several other others are as well. I mean, I, you know, you're, you're in your office and, uh, you know, and your home at the same time. And uh, I know Lilac, I think you're in a similar boat. I don't have little ones, um, but I can only imagine how much more difficult that becomes. I mean, it's kind of a hot mess. Um, I, I will say I know I'm very, very good at first grade, uh, truly nailing it all, all over again. And the new math is completely incomprehensible. But um, I, I think the how you balance it, where you draw the lines, how you draw the boundaries, the context that you're operating in. And for me, um, as somebody in a leadership role, and I know you guys are as well, what are you doing for your employees to make it more okay? Because I feel like the, um, uh, maybe the empathy for for people has sort of worn thin as well as um, everybody's stamina. Yeah, I, I can tell you for me specifically, um... I'm big on the time off. I'm big on weekends being to ourselves, not, you know, opening up the laptop. Of course, there are certain things that come up throughout the year. You might have launches, you know, from a marketing perspective, there's things that are going on. But I'm also big on, you know, the evenings, um, not scheduling those meetings in the evening. And if the work doesn't get done, then there's, then there's, you know, something else, right? Whether we need to hire more people or address that a different way. Um, but I am big on that. And I, I, th I think if, um, if they were on this uh, podcast right now, they, they, I would hope they would agree, but, uh, but that only goes so far. I, it's really tough. I mean, there's things that I, that I can't control. Um, there is something called nano transitions that uh, we'll put a link in the podcast note. And there's some things around that, you know, taking these little breaks throughout the day, you know, going away from the laptop, pushing away, doing something a little bit different. Um, whether that's as simple as, you know, just, 15 minutes to go out for a walk or 15 minutes to go, you know, uh, fiddle with the project you have in, in your garage or do something in the house or whatever it might be. And there's all these other little things. But what I find interesting is 
it's coming from me, but these organizations, I, I, at least from my perspective, I, I don't know why they're not pushing more of this, uh, this work-life balance and some of these ideas and maybe uh, working with, with people. Maybe they are. Maybe it's just the organizations that I interact with. So I have to say my employers, MongoDB, this is not uh, an ad. They're not paying me to say this beyond my regular salary, but they, they are taking pretty good care of us. We get regular company-wide days off. So everyone take the day off. We're working hard. We're all stressed. Our support, figure it out because they need to arrange cover, but everyone else, we don't expect you to show up at all. Th- that's just the most visible example, but there are, there are a ton of others. So no, in my case, it's not a lack of support uh, from from work, and I try to pass that on also to my team. But the nano transitions is a perfect example. So I've been doing the work from home thing for 15 years at this point, and give or take how, how you count it. And nano transitions had always been how I described it. So that was one of the big pluses I described to people. Because if I'm working and then I have half an hour between meetings, I can run to the shop. If I have a half day and for some reason I don't have any deliverables, I can hit the bike and go out and come back. And, uh, you know, it's not that I'm sneaking out. It's that, you know, as you said, Zach, there'll be crunch times when you're, you're putting in the massive hours. And then there'll be other times it's not about being present and showing up. That's not the type of work any of us do. And I think many of our listeners do. It's about delivering some sort of result, and you can't deliver the sort of results that we're paid for, the sort of deep thinking and analysis and understanding, if you're running on empty. And that's the the bit that's breaking down, I think, for many of us, uh, both those of us who are more experienced at working from home, who perhaps were able to power through for a bit longer, but also the, the people who are new to this, who maybe did not have those reflexes, did not have a space set up. Uh, they're working from the kitchen table, whatever you. Uh, this is even a whole other ball game. So yeah, I do have the kids and the nano, uh, the nano breaks, nano transitions. Uh, I do so many work calls with kids in my arm. This morning, I had to catch up with my boss, and I had the the little one in my arms because he's at home, he's teething, and you know, just do what you have to do. That's uh, just what has to happen, but. After a while, after a year of this, because it's been a year, it's it's wearing. It's wearing on you is what you're saying. It's not just that, I mean, the work, uh, your work environment is fine. They're adjusting to you. They understand that. You're saying it's wearing on you, right? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's a different thing working from home in the previous uh, 14 years and working from home this past year is different because previously I was working from home, but no one else was at home. So it's fine. I disappear into my office. I do my thing. I arrange my own time. Working from home during lockdown when the schools were closed and everyone was in Zoom schools, that that was absolute chaos. And let's talk about this as well. I took advantage of the fact that I was the the man of the house and so I would disappear on a business trip and come back on Friday night and everything would have been taken care of. You know, I tried to do my past the work when I was around, but often I wasn't. And I do hear lots of men who are suddenly going, Wow, there's housework is a lot. Uh, uh, yeah, <laughs> kind of is. So there's also that to talk about the our female colleagues and Lilac. Maybe actually, I'm certain you, you have thoughts on this. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I feel like so. I've been in the what your equivalent of lockdown Zoom from home for the for the duration. My child has not left my site. Um, I think since March. Um, 
and he's in the other room right now zooming um, and may come in here at any moment. I will tell you that I love the idea of these sort of nano breaks, but 100% of mine are dedicated to parenting. Yeah, I, I, it's not a nano break, it's a nano interruption. That's right. <laughs> and and in fact, I would say to you that if you mapped my attention, it is always in three places at once, and that it is actually a delight to pick up my laptop at 9 p.m. and have one thing to focus on, right? And have the ability to turn on some music and pay attention only to the one thing just feels like such a luxury, even if that one thing is work. Um, it's just, I I haven't had... Uh, I, I think you can, you know, by the by the sheer, like, uh, the hours that exist in, in the Bridgerton TV show or the hours that I have spent not working or tending to a child and focused on one thing for my own joy, I think in the last year. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That, that's exactly it. My previous work from home was complete focus, complete flow. If you're not a technical person, if, you, if you're not a coder or you haven't been interacting with coders, flow is that state that especially technical work, but also writing, creative work, anything that requires deep thought, you go into that state and you emerge hours later blinking and you've produced some really intense thing. But it's hard to get into that state. It takes time and interruptions drop you out of it. You drop the whole stack and it's it's hard to pick up that type of work. It's also a symptom of stress when you can't get into flow state and work uninterruptedly. And that, that's the, the thing. I've always been able to to achieve that, and it's very rewarding. It feels good. It feels – it's a high. And it, when you can't get in there, but you still have to do the work, you still have to write the document or write the code or whatever it is, it's a slog. It's toil, again, as our coder friends would say. It's an adjustment for everybody, even these organizations, and I think companies are adjusting too. I mean, it was tough for them not you know, not understanding, you know, how to uh, move this office to the house, which is not the right thing to do, right? So the right thing was not to go ahead and I think the initial thought for some organizations was, hey, we'll just pick up the office and bring it to the house. And that's not the answer. And we're in a different era. I mean, it's now about, um, you know, tools of our tools. We're in a digital era and it's hard to escape it even because a lot of people go in there, and we talked about this a lot, they'll go on their iPad and they have their email on their iPad. They have their phone, they have their email on their phone. I personally have made some adjustments and I'm still trying to adjust things. Um, my calendar is slammed with meetings because everybody feels like they have to have a meeting. We've talked about this. I, I don't need 30 minutes. If you want to have a meeting, make it a 15-minute meeting. Instead of an hour, make it 45 minutes. Or do we have to have a meeting? Maybe we can use collaboration tools. But what I've done is I don't have it on my phone anymore. I don't have it on any other electronic devices. It's on one laptop. That's where my work email is, and that's how it is. If they want to reach me outside of that, they can text me, of course. I mean, I definitely am available. There's My, uh, my senior leadership team needs me for something. Um, or I open up my laptop and I can get on, you know, we leverage Microsoft Teams, whether it's Slack, whatever you have. Um, and, and I think everybody's adjusting. Organizations are, we are, but in this new, in this digital era, it's it's even more so you have to find a way uh, to escape it or it's just going to devour you. It's just going to devour you. How do you handle time zones, right? Because we work with, one of our challenges is that we work very internationally. I'm blessed actually to have lower than than some of my colleagues on that but those that work with dev labs around the world were up at dawn and go to bed at quite late in in order to have those live meetings you know and you can say i'm not going to take meetings at night but that also means you're never going to meet with china so welcome to my world i'll just drop a tweet into the show notes at this point uh someone posted this a couple of slides from one of their engineers talking about time zones there are two solutions to the problem of time zones Everyone convert to UTC or go back in time and take out Benjamin Franklin. 
<laughs> that makes a whole lot of sense to me. Good question. So what I do is um, on Tuesday and Thursdays, I offset my calendar for Pacific Coast, uh, which I think I go from 11 to 8 both days. And uh, and it helps me out because in the morning, if I need to run some errands or do a few things, um, catch up on you know podcasts, whatever it is that I want to do with my time. And uh, the other days, you know, and on Fridays, I quite honestly, in my day at around four, I could like to tail off maybe at three if I can, just to kind of escape. But, you know, when it comes to APAC, and I, I have calls there too, I, I make those exceptions. Uh, for me, they're not they're not frequent. They're uh, maybe more infrequent, might be every couple of weeks. Uh, I don't mind doing that, but I, I offset my calendar, so I'm available. So if somebody in the West Coast says, hey, you know, um, you know, it's, it's, I, I need more block of time. I'll tell them, look, Tuesdays and Thursdays. And then I also think, um, again, I'm going to throw this out there. Jason Freed, if you're listening, we'd love to have you on the podcast. But I like, I like his rule, right? Which is, you know, we, we, you know, used to be in the office, somebody would grab you and say, hey, let's, let's, let's talk real quick. And you go into a conference room, there's two or three of you. I don't know why we can't do that here with the Zoom session or whatever, you know, teams or whatever. I mean, we feel like we have to schedule a meeting to do that now. And we have meetings and meetings. And I, I don't understand why we do, don't do more of that, right? So, you know, hey, Lilac, um, hey, I'm gonna, can you jump on a, a Zoom? You might say, no, I'm busy. I might, because, again, this is a new, a new time we're in, right? I'm busy taking care of uh, something around the house or whatever it might be. And that's fine. Okay, well, when you're, when you're ready, just let me know. We'll jump on a, on a Zoom or whatever that might be. Uh, I think we can need to do more of that. But the short answer is I offset my calendar. It doesn't really help with, with, a, you know, with, with APAC necessarily, but I, I do it. Uh, you know, I'll have special um, circumstances like that where I address it as they come up. Yeah, that's basically what I do. I mainly work with East Coast US, so the time zone gap isn't too bad. So my working day has shifted a few hours. I try to knock off at 7 p.m. at my end uh, in time for dinner. Uh, and that still gets me the whole of the morning East Coast time and the basically over lunch time there. West Coast is harder because then the overlap's much smaller. And where it gets really difficult is if you're trying to arrange something across three or more time zones, uh, when you need to talk to someone in the US, someone in APAC, like Australia or whatever. And in Europe, uh, someone's always going to be up in the middle of the night. That's, <laughs> that's just inevitable. So you try to schedule around that to see, okay, can we talk? The two of us talk, and then the two of you talk, and then we sync back up over email, uh, or we do it async in some other way. That's the only way to do it. Again, it's about boundaries. I have a hard boundary over dinner time. It's got to be a three bells emergency for me to skip dinner with my family. If I have to, I'll jump back on after the kids are in bed. So 9 p.m. Uh, European time, that's uh, enough time to catch people in the late afternoon in New York. And again, of course, uh, West Coast. Or I get up early and have a call before breakfast with the Aussies. But breakfast time and taking people to school time, uh, I try to keep that protected. I end up blocking the middle of my day. So I have two hours a day that are blocked off for kid time because I have to, uh, yeah. they're actually blocked around the time that my kid mostly has like four Zooms to log into in one hour, right? Which happens, I can't even talk about it. Um, and 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 so sometimes I can get work done during that time, but I don't want to be committed to a meeting where I'm trying to be juggling an actual conversation with somebody with zoom with snack time with whatever right um and and so that's been really helpful to me to be able to do that um i also have been trying very hard to not do anything before dawn not do anything before he starts school in the morning stuff like that right but at the end of the day though i have to just say like all of these little tricks and tips were all very very cute a year ago um and at this point it is wearing thin 
And I think for those of us who are sort of type A and we know what we could do in normal times, um, feeling like you're really, you know, I used to feel like I way over delivered, right? <laughs> like I was like, no, no, you're getting your value out of me, right? <laughs> like now I'm, <laughs> now I'm like, okay, okay, I'm square. I feel square. <laughs> this is making me uncomfortable. <laughs> I read a, a good article. I, I put the put it in there, another Quartz article, and um, this kind of hit it on the head for me a little bit. But um, since the pandemic, uh, it talks about the conversation shifting. So rather than try, and I'm going to quote them, rather than try to help remote workers connect, we're seeing a lot of efforts to disconnect. There is a cognitive and emotional cost of connectivity. And I think that's what, I feel like that's what we're saying for the most part is, you know, and that's what I was saying earlier is how do you disconnect? I find myself now riding my bike more than I ever have. I'm, I'm trying to find that time, but I struggle with it. I'm not going to lie. I struggle with it. I, every day I, I set aside time for myself to, to work out, but sometimes meeting comes in. I'm like, oh, maybe I should get on this meeting. Oh, I don't have time. I'll do it tomorrow. And I think that's why for me, it's catching up to me in a big way. It's that I never made that time. Whereas, you know, a year and a half ago to your point, Dominic, working from home. I mean, let's face it. I, when I traveled, um, yeah, there were days where I'm like, oh, I got to travel. I got to go away for two days, three days. But in a weird way, just getting out and jumping on a plane was it was a way to to get, you know, to uh, even though I was working, right, just kind of get away from the office and, and get moving. But it's catching up. And I, I think I think there is a cognitive and emotional cost of connectivity. And that's how do we uh, address that? So everybody's challenged. Yeah, that's it. I've talked about this in the context of virtual events. When I traveled to to an event, a, I would feel I had an excuse, so to speak, to shut out other things. I would say, no, the company's paying for me to be at this event. I'm going to be 100% at this event and then figure out, so I do work in the hotel over dinner or whatever, but it's 100% work mode, work mode, work mode. And then when I get home, then I'm in control of my own, of my own time again. And so I could take that midday bike ride for a couple of hours uh, or whatever it ended up being and have a lot more flexibility. The difficulty now is that you have all these Zoom meetings and you don't feel you can say no to anything, even if you are supposedly attending a virtual event. So you end up also in a situation where you're doing many things, but none of them fully, none of them with your full attention. And then that's its own level of guilt that, oh my God, I didn't do a good job of that because I was also trying to do 15 other things at the same time. Some of them work-related, some of them not. Uh, and that just builds, it builds, it compounds. So, and people have been talking about uh, revenge travel uh, when this thing ends. Airbnb had their first post-IPO results and they're, they're predicting an upswing. And I think that's absolutely true. We'll have people going, okay, I am so done with this. As soon as it's safe, as soon as it's possible, in the, as diligent a way once we get our shots or once the numbers allow it, but we're going, we're going to do that big trip that we've been planning for years. That's it. This is the year. We're off. Revenge against whom exactly? Against the world. <laughs> I'm taking all the business twist trips, wife. I'm out of here. <laughs> no, against the world. It's prevented it. So that's an interesting thing, actually. So at work, we have a return to the office committee. It doesn't really affect me and work from home, but they'd always been saying no, no coming to the office. You know, the office did the offices did reopen a while ago with a very limited occupancy, but basically, you know, for people in New York or San Francisco, many people in those types of, of locations, they're living, you know, fifteen to an apartment and it's not tenable for all of them to be working from home doing Zooms. Uh, so they reopened it for those types of situations, but said if you possibly can work from home, and most people have been doing that. Now they're starting to say back half of the year, possibly maybe we're keeping an eye on things, but we'll 
we're planning on travel. But what they're telling us is we're expecting a surge as people catch up. I've said to many people, you know, we're eating the seed corn. We're running this as successfully as we are only because of relationships that were built up before when we could see each other in person. I've hired a couple of people on my team that uh, I haven't seen in person ever. And that's across the company. There's a lot of that. At some point, we'll be in a situation where more people have never met a single colleague than have. And what does that look like for company culture, company cohesion? The BlackRock CEO was talking about that as well. So there's going to be a huge surge of people trying to catch up. But they said explicitly they're not expecting things to go back to the level they were at before ever. Uh, maybe this has been an inflection, a transition point. I have to say, I joined the Rocket um, six weeks before the lockdown, basically. So I feel lucky to have had those six weeks in the office to have met the people that I met. My God, yeah. <laughs> um, but, you know, I would have been, you know, we have, like I said, teams around the world um, and around the U.S. And I have uh, truly not laid eyes on the vast majority of my colleagues. And um, it it's weird. It It's not normal, even when we worked in a, you know, I haven't always been at, at headquarters and Dominic, when you and I worked together, neither of us were at headquarters, but we, we got there and we knew people and we met people and there was a, a, a tremendous value to seeing the whites of people's eyes and actually being able to focus on them for a moment um, in three dimensions. And I think, you know, I very much look forward to having some of that. Yeah, three dimensional people. People have three dimensions. Very confusing. <laughs> you know what they also have, and this is really important. They actually have a, a whole bottom half with like legs and feet. Oh my God. I know it's very weird. It's very weird. Not everyone, right? But those that do, it's a really disconcerting thing. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And some of them are cats, apparently. Yes. I mean, and some are decidedly not cats, right? Which I think is also relevant and important to be inclusive in that way. (laughs) I'll also say one thing, which I was going to mention earlier in the context of time zones. You know, one thing that is much harder with time zones, you hear about all the Zoom happy hour and Zoom escape from the locked room or whatever. They're fun, but you can't do them for Australia. Exactly. I haven't been to a single one. There there was one that I could have sort of kind of gone to. It was drink beer with colleagues at 10 p.m. And that's, that's fine. That's something I would absolutely do if we were in person. But then there was some sort of uh, in-house emergency and I couldn't and the beer didn't get drunk that night. We've solved it with a a sort of more regular cadence of happy hours so that it doesn't become like a one event. And so and we have one that works a little better for um, EMEA time zones. Right. So you could stay up late and and, and drink beer at 10 p.m. And then another that is late for the West Coasters because they don't want to drink beer at 330. so we have sort of both ways, and I actually—I don't understand this. I—I I don't get it. I—I I actually prefer the late one because, of course, it's easier for me to get away at you know nine p.m. than at five p.m. given my personal life, right? But it's nice to have a sort of regular cadence of them because if you've invited twenty people to a regular happy hour, you might get five every time. Real quick, what about a you know we talk about generations? Um, do you think it impacts? Uh, I think it impacts everybody, but do you think it's the same? Do you think this younger generation that's getting into this from a career perspective? Do you think they feel differently than we do, or do you think this is? I would hate to be starting my career right now. There's so much that you just learn through osmosis. It's never written down. It's never laid out explicitly. You just see how people act, how people behave, and they're missing out on so much. They're missing out on just tagging along to the meeting and being silently in the background, and it's not the same being on the Zoom. All of that side channel stuff is occurring invisibly instead of being at least somewhat visible. Hey, there's a channel of communication here that I'm not 
a part of. If this goes on much longer, I'm sure there'll be impacts. There's certainly going to be impacts on kids in school. They'd miss their socialization. Younger kids, I mean, my, I have a young kid. And when we came out of the first lockdown last spring, uh, he was terrified of outdoors. He didn't know what to do with it. He didn't know what it was, screaming his head off, holding his brother's hand for dear life. And yeah, he got back used to it, but it was heartbreaking to see. We definitely, I think, have a burden as leaders to to spend time with the more early career individuals and try to solve for that in some ways. And I think that I take that very seriously. I actually would love to do a, a show entirely on the domain of management and maybe pandemic management. Um, but I think, I think, the way that you approach leadership and management and cultivating people's careers, particularly in this climate, um, I actually think that that they don't know what they don't know and they don't necessarily know what they're missing. Um, and and it's kind of on us, right? And that's yet another weight, of course, on our shoulders. But that's I good to say, oh, great, more responsibility. More responsibility, <laughs> right? But, but I think important to getting the actually even the business outcomes that we're looking for from these folks because otherwise you're setting them up for failure. Yeah, that's a, a key point that's, you know, our responsibility as team leaders is to set these people up to succeed, to grow, to develop. And what does that look like this year? We have to be very intentional about that because we don't get the opportunity to just hang out over beer and uh, they overhear our conversations and things like that. But I think we should, right? I, th- I think we we can't hang out over beer, but I, I have casual com- communications with a lot of people in an organization, which we can do if we want to put our time and effort into it. Again, it's another weight or another burden, but I, I don't see it that way. I see it as actually bilateral in that like, they also provide really important information about what's working and what isn't working within an organization. Like, is this program working? Is this le- leading to leads or whatever? Zach, I'm sure you see this on the marketing side, right? If, if you're just looking at the high-level dashboard, you're seeing one thing, but if somebody tells you the backstory, you'll find out that you know that contractor was crazy and <laughs> this was 47 iterations, and you're like, oh, now I know where all the time went. So here's my, my approach. I try to separate the status catch-up from the personal catch-up. Those are two entirely distinct meetings, not even different sections of the same one. And I think that works based on how it's felt when I've done that with remote managers. But yeah, it's definitely something, once again, you have to be intentional about, you have to think about. I'm sure we'll be coming back to this one. We'll also be hearing Mike's opinion. I know that uh, he's been under some stress this uh, this week. Recommendations this week is an, actually a short one, but it's kind of appropriate. It's talking about how you can work out <laughs> some of that stress Zach, why don't you tell us about this recommendation you have? Yeah, yeah. So I figured it was relevant. So, well, you know what? I think I again, I'm looking at finding time to to work out and space too. You know, I mean, and it's by the way, it's difficult if you're even trying to find you know weights or free weights or anything. So um, this really is building out a home gym with this TRX set, and <laughs> there's not a whole lot you know to it. It's all about resistance, and I'm big on plyometrics and resistance more so than than actual weights. Uh, some people might disagree, but yeah, this is, yeah, it's fitness equipment uh, that you can put in your garage and your office, um, you know, everything. The link is going to be in the show notes. I mean, I haven't ordered it yet, but I'm probably going to. Um, and it's, you know, it's got some good reviews. And if you look at it, I think you'll find that it's, uh, you know, a lot of these res- resistance bands and the exercises that you can do are uh, are quite effective. They seem to be quite effective. So um, that that's that's what, I'll, what I'm recommending. Yeah, and I think Mike and I are both in the Peloton cult. Um, though I will say that I, my cult 
my, my membership may be revoked at some point if I don't get get going a little bit more. But um, I mean, for my part, the benefit of, of that particular cult is the fact that it feels like you're double dipping on both exercise and therapy half the time, which is not so bad. Okay, so if you don't get excommunicated from the cult of Peloton, we'll hear from that. I went with the rowing machine because one of the ways I try to hack the problems we've just been discussing is when we have one of those webinars or all hands or whatever where I'm not actually talking, I'm not on screen. I take that from my rowing machine in front of a big TV screen with airplay. Uh, So I'm watching the slides or whatever, and I might stop for a moment if there's something particularly cogent I need to take a note about, but otherwise I get in a solid workout and participate in the meeting and get all the endorphins and whatever, all those benefits. But if I'm honest, my main coping mechanism is Negroni. And <laughs> we've been having an argument in our group chat about Stanley Tucci's Negroni, which oh, is, I love the guys, but a shaker and that glass, it's, no, that, that's not a Negroni. A Negroni is a simple and complicated thing. You just take the three bottles and splash the contents into glass and yeah, it's about all there is to a Negroni. I, I can't agree. And Mike can't be here to be Italians mad at food uh, with me on this one. I believe we, we did have some homework. So, Lilac, you tried a Negroni. I did. I, I actually, so I don't drink gin and I didn't have any Campari. Um, and so <laughs> Wait, I ordered, what did you drink? <laughs> I ordered all of these all of these things. I told my husband we need a drizzly order post haste because I had research to do for the podcast. And um, last night I mixed one up according to the New York Times recipe deciding that that might be a a fairly authoritative source and i took one sip and thought oh dear god i am not finishing this drink um (laughs) (laughs) i am running right back to manhattan's thank you very much i'm going to have to look up this negroni new york times recipe now this is you didn't tell me about this i didn't do my homework it was equal parts um all three and uh, you know stirred in ice and poured out right with a twist and it, it was I'm sure I, I I don't I won't pretend that I made it expertly, but I will say like it felt like there I wasn't on the right side of the bell curve to achieve success even with greater skill. Okay, no, I, I do approve of this recipe: sterile liquid ingredients with ice, strain into chilled rock glass filled with ice, garnish with orange. There's only one step, literally. <laughs> That's right. That's I felt like I could tackle that. Um, and still I would just say Manhattan's Manhattan's are great. I approve of Manhattan's also. I haven't tried this. Uh, I'm afraid to now, Lilac, so maybe I won't. Maybe I'll just take your word for it. I don't know. I'm sure if Mike were here, he would he would be with you, Dominic, if but you I'm like worried gin, now. It's, maybe I, that I, would be your answer. It's got a strong flavor. If you don't like gin, you definitely won't like this. Just to be clear, I'm kidding about the Negroni. I also drink beer and whiskey and anything in my liquor cabinets. To- <laughs> <laughs> All at once, late into the night. <laughs> in a bucket. Oh, gosh. Dominic and I once shared a, a, an un an uneventful sales kickoff that I think ended in some Jägermeister, which was not great. <laughs> it was a very relaxing sales kickoff. <laughs> yes, with all the liquor Prague had to offer. <laughs> there are many, many stories, none of which I'm going to tell on the air. None. <laughs> Seriously, thanks to all the listeners for putting up with this. It's uh, been therapeutic for us to talk through this. I hope it was at least are relevant here that other people are in the same boat because that's something that often comes up when we talk about this stuff live and lots of people start sharing uh, and several people either during the session or afterwards come up and say oh my god i didn't realize everyone was like this i thought it was just me so be reassured everyone is 
doing really, really poorly right now. Anyone who tells you they aren't, they're faking it. They're a sociopath. <laughs> it's, uh, this is extremely, extremely stressful events that we're all living through. And uh, you're doing the best you can. Just keep going as best you can. I, I agree with that. And uh, I'd love to get some feedback when we post these these show notes and uh, we post the recording. But, uh, you know, yeah, I agree. And, and really, I just want to say thanks for everybody. And, and let's please, uh, let's let's participate. When we, when we post it, you know, tell us what you're doing to, to overcome this or how you're trying to deal with it as best you can. I, I'd like to hear that. So you can... Do that on Twitter. You can find us at Roll4 with the number 4 Enterprise or on our LinkedIn page, and the links are in the show notes. Uh, But otherwise, we'll end with the 2021 benediction. Keep your attitude positive and your test results negative. And we'll talk to you all next week. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah, thank you, everyone. It's been great. We'll talk next week.